time when the fun begins. You may now have fun. Hi, I'm Phil. Hi, I'm Meryl. And hi, I'm Patrick. And welcome to Organise Fun, the board game podcast, where this week we've been playing Jurassic World, The Legacy of Isla Nublar. But as usual, business first. So, as you know, you, Pat and Roo, not you in Listenerland, but Matt was over, and he admitted to having a board game limit. He did what? I know. Rude. (laughs) So, my question is, do you have a board game limit? Like, a number of games, and then you're like, nope, I'm done. Yeah, before you get board game burnout, I suppose. Mm. And I'm not talking about, because obviously, and we spoke about this when we played Risk Legacy, and we've had it with Jurassic World, like, I think three was our max in a day, wasn't it? Yeah. Of the same game. But if it was just game after game after game of, you know, different game each time, would you have a limit? I don't think so. Unless That's correct. Unless we played when I really <laughs> hated, then I'd want to just hide for a bit. Yeah, no, I think I could just keep on playing forever. Yeah, same. Like, yeah. oh, Matt's changed, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. So many, they're so different. I mean, depends on what get you know what you have access True. to. If you've got enough of a collection. But like, I think if I was if I wanted to stop playing, to, like I don't know, time would be a factor, and maybe it'd be like, oh, I don't fancy that game. But it would never be like, no, I've played five already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be that. But I would want a break after some of the longer games. You just need a, a chill. Fair enough. What about you in Listenerland? Do you have a limit? Are you one of those people? gross anyway <laughs> what was Matt's limit out of curiosity I didn't say a specific number oh okay but you see so before we mm. came over to yours mm-hmm. I was like we've got a couple of hours should we play a game and he was like oh no but we'll probably play a game at Patrick's and I don't want to I don't want to let you hit my limit and I was like and in the end listener we didn't play any games <laughs> yeah I, oh, oh no so bad now yeah there you go so yeah that's it spoiler alert spoiler alert Anyway, as I was saying, this week we have played... Well, not this week. Over the past couple of months, we have solidly been working our way through the legacy of Isla Nublar. Patrick, would you like to read the box? I would. Whether you like to or not, it's your turn. You are reading the box, so (laughs) So get on it, mate. Well, we should be privileged. This is a game 65 million years in the making. Welcome to Isla Nublar, where you and other scientists, dreamers and schemers will build an attraction like no other. Take on the role of visionaries... John Hammond and Simon Masrani, visiting scientists Dr. Ellie Sattler and Dr. Ian Malcolm, sharp-minded park personnel Claire Deering and Dr. Henry Wu, and many more. He didn't even mention Alan Grant. He's like the main dude. Each playing a vital part in the island's legacy. Ellie Malcolm. Together, you will transform Isla Nublar into an astonishing paradise where awestruck visitors encounter creatures never before... Uh, my goodness. Encounter creatures never before seen by human eyes. Decide where to build park facilities, dinosaur enclosures, and guest attractions. And keep employees and visitors safe from the mighty Tyrannosaurus Rex, Colossal Brachiosaurus, Clever Velociraptor, and other threats. And just, Kelly Malcolm. <laughs> just the one Velociraptor. No, there's uh, two, mate. Play through 12 thrilling adventures in which you'll customise an entirely unique game board and breed new dinosaurs you cannot unmake. Your team's fateful choices will have a lasting impact, creating your Isla Nublar story. Your story will culminate in an endless replayable... Your experience will culminate in an endlessly replayable game of your own creation. Enter the gates and prepare to be amazed. There you go. Oh, I can see it on the front here. It's ages 10 plus for two to four players. Does it say how long it should take 90 to 150 minutes per adventure there you go and that's about the same as how much it cost <laughs> but <laughs> it was what was it like 90 quid yeah, Something like that. So. yeah there you go well well worth it if I, i'm just putting it out there yeah yeah Absolutely. Please make sure you meet your fun quota. So basically, the game outline is the different missions in this campaign take you through the first five Jurassic Park movies bit by bit, all of which involve some dinosaur-related shenanigans going on on your dinosaur island, and you have a series of missions to complete before the five rounds of the game are over. And if you don't do every single one of these missions, then 
and you lose and that is just one chunk of the story that you you fucked (laughs) so yeah we'll just talk through the sort of sequence of how the game works and go from there so each one you you fill out like a prologue section for each story and i'm already brain blanking what's on the prologue what do you do introduction to the story and then like tot up any budget any extra Uh, bits like after game one we would scratch off a thing whether we won or lost and that might get us a dinosaur or some extra health or did we get a helipad that was that was we got that from when we unlocked the helipad cards it was things like stuff it was mainly more dinosaurs yes yeah more dinosaurs and (laughs) upgrades yeah the main thing is yeah working out your budget so you get a certain amount of budget for what kinds of dinosaurs you have whether you earned any bonus budget the mission before for saving people kelly malcolm or i don't know why i've latched on to kelly malcolm all of a sudden she did <laughs> she did fuck and so you spend that budget and you can buy all sorts of things that might help you in the game ahead so you can hire park employees to like give you a bonus you can build extra roads and barriers and get some goats <laughs> and do all of that stuff so you you complete that and then you open up the story envelope the storybook and all of these books are done like beautiful little comics like just they're so pretty yeah they are it's amazing and you set up and you choose your characters each one comes with its own sort of set of story specific round cards that tell you what's going on so the first big question as you know by the end of the game there are tons and tons of characters spanning all the movies that you can play as some completely made up ones as well that are just for this game like uh, what was it what was she a chronobiologist January oh. Dr. January Echo Hawk yeah, excellent representation they were like all different all different kinds of people how did you go about choosing who you were going to be each time well I guess so the stories followed the movies for the most part yep right each mission was was a, loosely a different movie and so we were who we could play each mission was limited oh yeah you were given a list of people that you could be so obviously once you got to you know Jurassic Park 3 you couldn't play as Dennis Nedry for example <laughs> for spoiler he dies in film one yeah. <laughs> yeah so so that was like the first limitation wasn't it and then it was just I don't know I guess it was thinking about because they are loosely following the movies what do we think is likely to happen so what powers are likely to be useful because each of them's got a power <laughs> that they have by default and then as you go through you can scratch off bonus powers so early on we used the architect a lot Alejandra because she could get into any bit of the buildings that was useful for doing the building things and she could just randomly build extra stuff Pat was Owen Grady a lot because he could do useful things with raptors Mm. I started off off as Hammond oh he was great (laughs) 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 I did what I always do and just kept I chose a character and stuck with that character until they were either no longer available or they died so (laughs) That's how I roll. And even though, because who was I first? Was I Jinara? I was Muldoon. And he actually wasn't that useful, but I'd committed to being Muldoon. And, you know, so probably the first few losses, I could have contributed to those, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. It was hard in the Mm. beginning. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's worth saying, what? We lost the first, like, five, did we? Something like that. Four or five, The first load. And uh, then we got on a bit of a win streak, and we were up and down from there but right so you've chosen your missions then you continue in the book and you find out no your characters sorry you've chosen your characters then you continue in the book and you find out what that story's missions are and usually so there's by the end again there's four park buildings there is the visitor center and each building has like a puzzle in it so the visitor center is shoving crates either horizontally or vertically to try and create rows of three of the same colour crate in a row. Said that. (laughs) In a line. Create rows or columns of three of the same colour crates. Moo, do you want to tell us about one of the others? (laughs) So you you start off with just the visitor centre in the genetics lab. So every mission, even after the island has basically been destroyed and abandoned, there is make some DNA. So there are little DNA DNA tiles, so the four bases, and you have to basically rearrange them to get a given pattern in the book, and that completes a mission and gets you stuff. So yeah, 
yeah, so that's the genetics lab. There was also added fairly early on was this this idea of the rules like so buildings had to be powered and there was weather and if there was a storm then the power would go out and we'd have to restart the power and that was in the maintenance shed. That was a real pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, every other building, obviously, every other task needed power. Yeah, so as soon as the power goes out, you can't do anything else. And that was just like a little mini game of flipping discs to reset the power. Yes. And then the fourth one, which came a bit later, was the control center. Is that what it was called? And that was like a wire puzzle. So you had all these little tiles with either corners or straights or junctions and all the different computer terminal terminal terminals. Terminals. <laughs> computer terminals and various missions would be like, okay, connect this sector to diagnostics or connect this to this and you had to just like rotate and swap the wires so they created the paths so pretty much every story you were guaranteed you knew you were going to have to make some crates you knew you were going to have to do some dna you knew you were going to have to connect some wires and inevitably there was going to be a power cut that you had to fix so like those were your bog standard missions at the same time though there was story specific shittery happening each round kelly malcolm <laughs> <laughs> So there was always a lot to juggle, wasn't there? A lot to complete. Yeah. And it was such that after five rounds, not only you had to have completed all the missions, so they were all compulsory. And if you got to the end and you hadn't, then sorry, it's a loss. Yes. And it's probably but, worth saying that the round cards for each game, a lot of them, if you didn't complete it, there was a consequence. And if you rack mm. up too many consequences, you lose. Even if it's not a win condition, if you rack up too many consequences, you lose. I think we lost a by not managing that. Yeah, so you can lose, obviously if you haven't completed the missions by the end of the fifth round you lose, but as you said, these consequences these tokens with a random number 0, 1 or 2 on the end, and each time something bad happens, so if an innocent person gets eaten take a consequence, if yeah, as you said, if you haven't done a part of the story, if you haven't found fucking Parachute Boy, Eric Kirby <laughs> by the end of each turn, take a consequence, and also, unfairly if any of the dinosaurs just accidentally kill each other you take a car how's that my fault <laughs> especially because they come on the island before we've built enclosures they're just roaming yeah, yeah absolutely and so if you get a total of five consequence points game over which i don't know i think so i don't know was that too low sometimes it felt it like with the the ones where we had the tourist activities where you got a consequence for not achieving it but there was a lot you had to get ready to achieve it yeah. Every round, mm. like racking up two or three consequences was just, ugh. Yeah. It was weird because, like, when we were Jurassic Park and obviously the dinosaurs are out and people are dying and stuff, okay, there's a fairly high stakes one. But oh no, some tour guide, some tour group can't get round to see the fucking pterodactyls. Yeah. I'm not taking a consequence for that. That's your poor time management tour, <laughs> people. <laughs> Sign up today for your local fun patrol. Once you've done that, you've found out your missions, then you actually start playing the game. And it's a really simple sequence of events each round. So the first one, you turn over the round card, the story shittery, find out what's happening. And that could be anything from, you know, taking people to certain places. There was ones where you had to go visit the dinosaurs' territories and, mm. like, do them, do them. Don't do that. <laughs> no. During the storm, there was a lot of rescuing innocent baby dinosaurs. <laughs> There yeah. was, we had to go find oh there was a lot of finding Lots, like in yeah, the early games a lot games, of searching search yes. zone if you scratch off the right bit mm. yay you found them no more yeah. consequences there was a lot of running around in the early ones like mm. go around sectors and try and yeah. find missing people absolutely and it was never guaranteed where they would be there was a lot of like you having to cross reference or search different sectors and then scratch off a bit to find out if it was there or not you know yeah lots of different things travelling around the island trying to find stuff and do stuff then the next thing you do is scout the sectors. So the island is divided up, which took me a while to get used to the zones mm. and the mm. sectors. And the zones are the different colour? No. The sectors are the different coloured and the zones are the spaces. Yeah. So yeah. a sector is made up of multiple zones. Right. A zone is a square. <laughs> and yeah, like you say, the different groups of zones, the sectors are different colours, you know, different numbers, and dinosaurs in each one behave differently depending on what their little card said. Yeah, so each you deal out a 
card to each sector and then when you scout the sectors you can anyone that one of us is already in we can flip over so we know what the dinosaurs that we're near are going to do and then if you search other sectors throughout the game you can sort of predict mm-hmm. or find out what the dinosaurs in that sector are going to do yeah so you don't know exactly what every dinosaur is going to do unless you actively yeah use an item or go and search to find out and that could be really crucial because working out whether carnivore is going to eat you or the goat next door is yeah important. valuable information so once you've scouted out those then you take your actions and there are nine action tokens so playing three player like we did that was a nice fair split we just had three each but if you're playing two or four then there's one spare that like any player can take sort of thing and you can spend your three actions in any order you know it's not like one person has to spend all of theirs and then the next person can do it however you want but there's a number of different things you can do so you can move you can interact you know take a move on one of the building puzzles you can herd a dinosaur and sort of you know corral it where you need it to go in theory what else can you do you can take followers around oh yep research research that's it you can research a dinosaur to get some research points at the end but yeah you do your three things and the idea is obviously you're trying to complete these missions etc etc then after the people have had a go then the dinosaurs get to do some stuff and so you turn over the sector cards and it will be a section for herbivores and a section for carnivores and it usually involves moving in one of the compass directions and if you're a carnivore chomping attacking and there was a very specific sequence wasn't there of of how these dinosaurs chomp so obviously they start by attacking anything that's in their space then they'd go for an adjacent space if there was no electric fences and then they would go try and go through a fence and obviously get zapped or damage the fence oh you're gonna get wet walking home it's raining <laughs> it's the storm the power's going out yeah. hurricane clarissa yeah. maybe it'll swing south like the last one mm. <laughs> And yeah, so what was I saying? Yes. Order of chompery. Order of chompery. And they could even follow people into buildings Mm. if they could sniff you out if they were close enough. But generally, you know, they would attack and do you some damage. And how that works is you roll, there's a set of dice with, very, there's three symbols, isn't there? There's like mm-hmm. a claw slash, a, well, we just called it grass, but it's probably not grass. <laughs> it's like, like, a, a, th- like a three claw slash yeah. kind of thing. And like an explosion-y blast type thing. And each one of those counts as a hit, but different dinosaurs and different people have a defense against types of hits to uh, help you out there. And if a dinosaur can't get to anyone, if there's no one near it and there's no one adjacent, to it then not sure narratively how this works but it it ambushes and you roll this d20 and whichever zone it lands on the dinosaur magically appears there which again Mm. narratively is questionable but it's a good way of getting the dinosaurs around the park just smashes stuff just appears and causes chaos yeah Mm. and then obviously once the dinosaurs have had their go you check your objectives you refresh your cards you refresh your actions and you're ready to go again for for the next round. Without fun, there can be no function. Strategy then. <laughs> Obviously, it's cooperative. We're all working together to try and achieve these missions. How did we go about planning what we were going to do? Because some of these, there's a lot to do. Let's think about it. You've got three buildings you definitely have to do puzzles in. Yeah. Inevitably, you're going to have to go and put the power back on at some point yeah. because the storm will kick the power out. But then there's any number of story specific find this person lead this person here do this thing there is a lot to juggle how did we do it we were thinking if there were consequences we tried to address those if people had specific useful abilities we were trying to do those so if someone was useful for a certain building and once we had park employees trained that we could take with us to make that easier it was right well you'll go in the building and do the building yeah someone that's more useful for this or has this item will go do this and yeah sort of trying to divide the labour and yeah sensibly I guess because yeah some of it was denoted by what characters we'd chosen mm. so like you know Henry Wu is going to be good in the genetics lab so if he, it would make sense for him to do the genetics puzzle Nedry was good at computers and so it was good work makes sense for him to do the computery one what we did a lot at the start was because Pat was John Hammond his power is he can just move people for an action so yeah. you did a lot of hunting us around the mm. island rather than I'd or 
expected tasks. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I feel like the, the first couple of games was just like reacting to things as they happened, fighting yeah. fires. Everything it, had it, consequences. <laughs> strategy soon went out the window. Yeah. And it wasn't until, I don't know, later games, whether it was because we unlocked more character powers and we were just a bit more clued up. I don't know. But we could start planning a bit more. Sort of okay. Well, you know, yeah, we want to do this and end up here so that we can, you know, do all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and it kind of comes as well into the spending the budget. The you know the strategies as much as like okay, where do I put these roads and barriers? Yeah, definitely. And I think sometimes as well as the characters, our strategy was denoted. So at the beginning of each game, you deal out some random item cards, and you each choose which cards to have. But then when you search, you get cards and, and whatever. So sometimes we were sort of guided by the action cards that we had mm-hmm. you know if someone ended up with the jeep then it would make sense for them to do the ferrying and the transporting and stuff whereas if someone else ended up with i'm trying to think herding of, gear was the you were you were dino wrangler if you got the herding <laughs> gear yeah and if you ended up with like the laptop whatever then you would go and do the building stuff and yeah but you're right i think a lot of it is very difficult to go in with a specific strategy mm. because particularly mm. you don't know what those round cards are going to hold so you might think you've got it sorted okay I'll do the genetics, you do the crates, you do the wires, but then you turn over the card and it's like, hey, the helicopter's crashed. Now you've got to go and rescue the pilot from it. And you're like, oh, well, who's going to do that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I wonder if, because if you had more players, if we were playing four players, yes, you'd have more people on the board, but you'd still only have nine actions. Yeah, because in the last one, we I got extra actions, but they weren't helpful because I couldn't do the one thing I really needed to do. So we were running out of actions still. Yeah. And if you only got mm. two each, plus minus an extra one. Yeah. That's, particularly if you've got to go from the helipad to a building, because you can't build anything immediately next to the helipad. That would be way too helpful. Yeah. So it would take you at least a turn to get into a building before you could even do anything if you only had two actions. Yes. But that's when you'd have people like Richard Hammond or, what's his name? John, John, John Hammond. <laughs> Richard Hammond, host of Top Gear. John Hammond, played by Richard Attenborough. (laughs) So, yeah, the ability, the character abilities that let you, like, move other people and that sort of thing would, I don't know, I guess it'd be kind of boring for you as a player because you would maybe be moving other people more than moving yourself around. But you kind of, you contribute contribute your actions that way. Yeah, because when you were Owen, that was quite helpful because when you get Grady, Owen Grady, when you get Chris Pratt, you can use the raptors, like, he can move the raptors around, like, people could yeah well that was yeah indeed indeed see you again kind of doing a directorial role yeah all non-compliance will be reported obviously this is a legacy game so we're going to take this opportunity to just play our little sequence we recorded a little recap of all the changes all the things after each game so i will play that now Hello, we have just successfully completed the tutorial mode of Legacy of Isla Nublar on our second go. Go us. But I would say we we know how to play after that little yeah. brief little mission. It's introduced us to the basic concepts of how it works. So now we're ready to fuck up this island. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the end of game one. New changes with this game are that we got field research, which lets us hang out in the same space as a dinosaur. We get a bit of mosquito in amber, and at the end of the game, we get points. We got to build the big iconic gate for the park, our visitor center and genetics lab. <laughs> We've been doing that all game. Yep. And because of where you build your visitor center and genetics lab give you certain perks. So where we put ours in the green zone meant that we got extra roads, which we have built. We got goats, or we got a goat, which subsequently got eaten, which is but what they're, they're for. Yeah, they're basically just fodder, fodder goats. They're there for bait, really, sadly. We unlocked lab asset containment cards, which got us the viewing cage that protects you from raptors and a... Long range tranquilizer. Which means you can herd from a distance. At the end of the game, you can unlock character abilities. So we unlocked emergency construction on my character, Alejandra Solano, which meant we could build a barrier. So we did. Raptors are penned in now. Our research bonus meant that we got to boost the defense of our triceratops. So it's harder to kill. We've got a budget of three monies. No idea what that means. And we've unlocked Hammond's desk card, which is more goodies. Watch the space team. Thank <laughs> you.
It's the end of game two, and we've been rounding up baby Triceratops. Aww. Unsuccessfully. Well, relatively Most successfully. <laughs> we've got two new characters, Nedry and Arnold. We have electric stations to power up the barriers, barricades. And we've got a weather track now, so we can have storms. There's a maintenance shed that we need to go into, so if a storm knocks out the power, we need to restart the power. We have employees helping us, and we can train them for or doing things in specific buildings. There is a budget that we can spend on cool new stuff. We've got a Stegosaurus, our first unlocked dinosaur. Woo. Carnivore research cards it got us tracking implant, but then also a boost to our field research. We've got an ATV garage and associated items. Woo -woo. Oh, we unlocked the well-stocked ability on John Hammond. So that's more item cards at the beginning of the next game. And we upgraded the Brachiosaurus with some extra defense. So all in all, a good game. Except we still haven't won. Yeah, we lost. <laughs> okay, minor detail. Aside from not winning, it was great. Hello, and after mission three, another resounding loss, but we have unlocked some cool new stuff. So we've got some new characters. We've got Gennaro, Alan Grant, Ian Malcolm, and Ellie Sattler. We have got some barrier upgrades. So now we can have three strength barriers rather than two, a little bit stronger. We decided where the maintenance shed was gonna be in zone 11, and that got us a extra quid to spend on our budget. We can now buy goats. Yay! Ooh. And we unlocked the Stigimolok? 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 The spiky head cranial thing. Mm -hmm. And we've put that in zone one. And we built some more roads to connect to the maintenance shed. So our island is taking shape, but we're still really shit at it. Turns out it's a really hard game to win. Never mind. I've got a good feeling about next game though, guys. <laughs> feeling positive. Yeah. Okay, bye. 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 <laughs> Hello, you join us at the end of game four, which we lost again, but only by one task this time. We got some new characters. We got access to Dr. Sarah Harding and Nick Van Owen, who you may recognise from The Lost World. We also unlocked legacy characters, so each character card has some traits on the back that we can use a set amount of times, and the more skills we unlock, the more fun we can have with them. We also got a new room and a new mini game in the control room, where you have to link up some wires. We used our victory points, I guess, to beef up the stigma lock and the triceratops so they're a bit harder to kill. We also partially fenced in the T-Rex and in this game we won construction unit cards and genetic research. Fingers crossed for game five! <laughs> Okay, here we are at the end of game five, and we have finally won! Yes! Oh, it was a stressful game. Before we started, we got to build the control room in zone seven. We built a road to somewhere, I can't really read Phil's writing. Uh, in the, no, to connect, to connect things. Okay. So, yes, we built a control room in zone seven, and we built some connecting roads near the helipad to create a highway up the board. We unlocked the Ankylosaurus, which we put over on the west coast and we built in the third barrier to block in the T-Rex. We've unlocked some, well, lots of ability, character abilities. Ray Arnold and his engineer skill, Ian Malcolm, must go faster, Alan Grant, respect. And we unlocked a load of item packs, including supply locker, lab supplies, and dino droppings. Which can contained a satellite phone that I've just remembered we need to tear up. So yes, that will be the only one we win, I'm afraid. So, uh, yes. And, I mean, we only won it, like, literally just. Yes, indeed. With maybe an action to spare, so... We have two spare actions. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Excellent. See you next time. Bye. Right. After a very busy mission six, but we did win again, we have unlocked some loads of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Jurassic Park has now become Jurassic World. So we replaced the logo, we've upgraded the gates, etc, etc. All the buildings are now their new Jurassic World versions. So the puzzles have all got slightly more complicated, more tokens, different layouts, etc, etc, etc. We've unlocked new characters. We've got Simon Masrani, January Echo Hawk, Nancy Velazquez, and the other lady <laughs> <laughs> was called Sally Nakamura. 
Nakamura, the structural engineer. Lovely. There you go. We now have the ability to build monorail stations, and we got one for free, so we sort of made a monorail from the southwest corner to the northeast corner, and they act as like fast travel points so you can get across the park a bit quicker. We have unlocked the ability to do some genetic hybrids on our dinosaurs. So you get these stickers with hidden abilities and you have to choose which hybrid you're gonna make your dinosaur before you know what power it gets. So we've made some questionable decisions. The Brachiosaurus now has Python DNA, which basically lets it steal items from you, what a bastard, and Cuttlefish DNA, which makes it undetectable so you can't scout the sector with the Brachiosaurus in. Whoops. The Ankylosaurus now also has rhino DNA, which, which basically makes it smash the shit out of anything that it goes near. Lovely. We've also, through the course of the game, boosted a number of our dinosaurs in other ways. So the raptors have got stronger and more healthy. The ankylosaurus got more vitality. The stegosaurus got vitality and defense. And the brachiosaurus got vitality. We just pumped the shit out of the brachiosaurus mm -hmm. today, yeah. didn't we? So we unlocked some character abilities. January Echo Hawk can predict dinosaur behavior now with where they move. Dr. Wu's genetics got us a a big genetic research bonus and Maserani now has pilot training so it gets a free vehicle at the start of the game which is brilliant we trained our employees in how to use the control center finally after many many years of the park <laughs> being in operation <laughs> we built some more roads just to connect our network we unlocked some cards the feeding team and the gene splicing cards just for a few extra items but the main sort of difference is we now have attraction cards so as well as the story cards and the dinosaur cards we've got to think about the guests staying happy so there's, what, take the guests on a tour, take the guests to watch the dinosaurs eating a goat, take the guests to the petting zoo, etc, etc. So there you go, just another layer of shit for us to think about. <laughs> <laughs> but if you didn't have enough to do. No, exactly. But I'm, I'm surprised, I thought we weren't going to win this one. No, we but, thought, we really thought we were going to lose going into round four. Yes. But somehow pulled it out of the bag. Through strategic ignoring of <laughs> some key story elements. Through strategic ignorance. <laughs> Yes. We pulled a second win out of the bag. I'm feeling good, guys. I think this is it. Our win streak yeah. starts now. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. Anyway, so? we will see you after round seven. Welcome to Jurassic Park. It's Jurassic World now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Hello, and you join us at the end of game seven. New things this game, we got a new character, Claire Deering. We also got new attractions for our lovely punters to have a look at. We've got a Mosasaurus pen and an aviary. We were forced to upgrade some of our dinosaurs again. So Against our will. <laughs> yeah, we don't like doing that. We Who's made poor choices. Whose idea was that, yeah. So we gave the Komodo dragon upgrade to the Triceratops, so it's now a carnivore. Woo! And T-Rex has got whale shark DNA. So we then did some major fence construction to pen in the Triceratops. We also got a Carnotaurus out of the carnivore box. Fence that in as well. We unlocked some more character powers. We unlocked Nothing is Impossible for Simon Maserani and the calming presence of Dr. January Echo Hawk. At the end of the game, we upgraded the Carnotaurus with Octopus DNA, which means it is Super really violent inside buildings. <laughs> Very dangerous in confined spaces. And over short distances. <laughs> Indeed. It's also got extra vitality and we boosted the defence of the stigma lot. Oh, we also won. Yay! Hey! See you um, after game eight. The word of the day was Dinosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> The end of game eight, and we're back to losing. <laughs> we unlocked Owen Grady and a motorbike in the process. The Indominus Rex has shown up and is the asset, also known as the asset. The Stigmalock has tree frog Diagne. Diagne. The Stigmalock has tree frog DNA. It ignores a barrier and its vitality got boosted. The Triceratops, which remember is carnivorous, also has electric eel DNA. DNA, so it ambushes after hitting electric fences, and sadly it's boot. <laughs> and sadly, I've had too much whiskey. <laughs> and sadly, it's had its moose. <laughs> I'm not editing any of this out. <laughs> Fuck's sake. And, and sadly, it's had its might boosted. It's moose bited. <laughs> 
we spent a budget on fences, roads, and electrifying some barriers. We unlocked Claire Deering's delegator ability that I can't remember what it does because this is now like a week later, if not more. And we boosted the T-Rex vitality. So a lot went on, a lot happened. We've electrified the Indominus, like the Indominus is fully contained now, isn't it? It's about as contained as it can be, yeah. 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 Sort of. Sort of. Here we go. On to game nine. Yeah. Well done, Pat. That was very that, professionally I done. got though. through that. <laughs> Eventually. Right, after round nine. That was a tense one, guys. That was that was a good victory. We're back on the winning. We have boosted the vitality of the T-Rex to make it a little bit harder to kill. We have just generally done some park infrastructure, some more roads and some barriers. We're connecting all our sort of tourist attractions, even though we had to get rid of them this time. We've built a new helipad. Ooh. Which presumably will give us what an extra place to start in, I guess. Yes, or and if we get the helicopter, maybe. Yeah, yeah true. If we get the helicopter, we can zip about there. Yes, well, that's we true. Which yes, we did get the helicopter card, which we can fly about. We've got gyrospheres now, which again another vehicle that we can move and distract herbivores with. <laughs> and we made some upgrades at the end of the game for our victory sort of points. So we've given Claire the personal assistant bonus power, and we've given Owen the think fast power, which gives him some more item cards etc and both the raptor and the stigmalock have got defense boosts hooray two more games to go see you after game 10 hello you join us at the end of game 10 which we lost spectacularly changes this game we are not two new characters dr zia rodriguez and franklin webb with franklin webb we also unlocked one of his powers which is risk averse we got the indoraptor which came and caused chaos we also unlocked Ian malcolm's demonstration power and we put in some more roads and beefed up some barriers really hard guys last one <laughs> There it is, the end of the finale, the final game. We unlocked Zia's ex-marine ability, Franklin's compatibility ability, the Spinosaurus and Dilophosaurus turned up. Hang on, at the end of the game? At the end. Yeah. Hmm. Was there anything else that happened in the game that we were going to talk about? We won! We did, I think that's it. Like, we can talk about the finale, can't we? Yeah, okay. And along with those dinosaurs, we got all the rules for setting up the game for, I don't know, for ever, any time we replay it going forward. <laughs> so there you go. What did we think generally of the legacy element? Obviously, for those not familiar, it means like permanent changes to the game, things that you do in one round permanently affect how the game plays in future rounds. What did we think of the permanent changes and the way it sort of progressed? It's always fun putting stickers on a board. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. I always enjoy doing that. It was kind of good and it kind of impacted, but not too much if you won or lost. Like some of the other legacy games, I'm thinking like some of the pandemics where you can really screw yourself over. Like a lot of our permanent changes were what we'd built and it was just whether we got bonuses or not because you got a bonus for stuff that you won with. But then there was also a scratch this off if you lost because you clearly need a bit of help. Yeah, sympathy, mm. sympathy yeah. box. <laughs> It was just, it was demoralising, but you didn't ruin things too much. I liked the way, so depending on whether you won or lost, for the next game, you scratched off a different box, and that changed the types of dinosaurs and the things that you unlocked. So at the beginning, at least, if you lost, you would unlock a herbivore, because herbivores are nicer. Mm -hmm. And so that made your island a little bit gentler. Whereas if you won, you would unlock a carnivore. Do we know that? We don't know that. We don't know that. We can scratch it all off. No. But that's the way it seemed to be going. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, you're probably right. I like right. collecting herbivores. They're my favourites. Uh, you'd be the one that would pay, like, <laughs> fucking hundreds of dollars to go to Jurassic World I'm and just, just only to... see the nice herbivores. Yeah, and I don't want to see a raptor rip a goat to Jurassic. I want to pet a Stegosaurus <laughs> and ride a Triceratops. Damn right. Not, you don't want to ride our Triceratops. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. So, I mean, the legacy element of this game is amazing because I don't think it would work as a not-legacy no. game. Like, it's too focused like pandemic was a board game before they added the legacy elements yeah, yeah this, this right. wouldn't exist this, as a normal no, and then a legacy never this just is this. it yeah. this is it which maybe hints at what i think about the end replayability but 
But as a legacy game, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I'm trying to think, did, like... I feel like Jurassic Park, the board game, could work for the first film. There's enough to do as a kind of pandemic-type thing. Sure, yeah, sure. I think it was fairly good in the sort of... I don't know how to word it. The sequence that things were revealed, or that the changes were... You know, like, we unlocked the buildings at quite a nice rate. Mm -hmm. We unlocked the things at quite a nice rate. It was like a steady, constant... You were always getting something a little bit new. Yes. Each but time. It always felt overwhelming at the beginning, especially when we kept losing. Yes. It was like, oh, there's a, here's another building with another little mini game on top of everything else. Going yeah. On. <laughs> um, the gentle introduction, like the, the little bit at a time, if you were magically good at it straight away, it would build nicely yeah. yeah but I'm just thinking there's an not an annoying thing but almost like a oh sort of thing it's mm. like comparing to others like Pandemic like Betrayal or whatever generally the game is the same which this is mm-hmm. and you might get some new rules or some new things on the board but because this one each one was like you know a movie or a year or whatever in the history of the thing you're getting all these cool stuff that were very movie specific and then it's like okay yep you finished that one they'll go back in the envelope you're never going to play with those yeah. again you're never going to see Kelly Malcolm ever again <laughs> on to the next one sort of thing and and that's what I'm sort of I don't know not it's disappointed but do you know opportunity what? maybe yeah and like obviously you start off with Jurassic Park and you have the Jurassic Park gates and the Jurassic Park logo and everything and then you get halfway through and obviously it becomes Jurassic World and there's this new set of stickers and you just stick over the Jurassic Park and that's it Jurassic Park is gone mm. forever yeah I'd like to replay a lot of the missions even though we know what's coming because we lost i still want to retry it yeah i guess maybe you could like because there's the tokens for the buildings as well so you could like replay mission two and just not put on those tokens because we never destroyed anything like spoilers for pandemic you destroy stuff when you're finished with it this we yeah you just put it back in the envelope there were those like one time only like research bonus cards that were ripped yeah. up yeah. after yeah. but no nothing majorly destroyed None of the story specific stuff that's all packed neatly away packaged in an envelope yeah so it's all there it's just you know they're not intending for you to play those ones again and yeah other than that though yeah i agree it's there's just something about them isn't there just (laughs) getting to add stuff you know our Isla Nublar is going to be completely different to anyone else's no one else is going to put the electric fences exactly where we put them and stuff building the roads putting the buildings there was so much free choice but then again as well going back to the you know you only get one go at each mission you could choose completely the wrong set of characters and just fuck it up completely and you never ever get a redo you never ever get to try that mission again mm. with different and I wonder if there must be loads of different ways of playing it like I don't know did we ever really heal a dinosaur no no but there are so many cards and so many character powers let you do that but that's the thing with such limited okay every game five rounds nine actions quick maths 45 action every game is that right that is right yeah, yeah. every game you have 45 actions to do all this stuff. who's got time to waste an action healing a dinosaur. Yeah, I guess, again, it would depend on which characters you play, because some of them have their powers to move dinosaurs or, like, what was the name? The one I had last, something Rodriguez. Zia. Zia, she got an extra power if she moved in with a dinosaur. So, in theory... Moved into a flat (laughs) with a dinosaur. Set up a house, put the dinosaur in the You can't stop me, Mom! (laughs) We're in love! Anyway... She could like go into a space, get an extra action, and then it wouldn't be a wasted action. But you don't get her till quite late. No, yeah, she only comes in what the last two missions. Mm. Are we having fun yet? Okay, well, shall we frag? Maybe start us off with fun. We're doing it properly with the cards today, people. Four, I think. I did really enjoy it, but some of the missions where there's a lot going on, it was too stressful to be enjoyable, which was a shame. I'm also saying four, because it is very fun, and as we said, the legacy aspect is amazing. But, yeah, after our third loss in a row or something, we were properly dejected. Yeah. Which, I mean, is is the sign of a good, engaging game, but at the same time, we were just a bit miffed that we weren't very good. (laughs) 
shit. <laughs> and that did detract a little bit from it. So not a five. Agreed. I also went for four. Same reasons. Sometimes, you know, when you're reading through this book of all the objectives and you know that they're all compulsory, it's like you've got to do this and this and this and this. And it's so overwhelming. I just like so many times I left the strategizing to you because I was just I cannot see a way that we can do mm. this. I can't even think. I'm just like overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> da, 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 yeah. da. And also as well, your point, Pat, about literally what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> the difficult, dejected, yeah. losing. Yes. Like, there was a tutorial mode, which was... You could play that as many times as you liked until you won. So that took us a couple of goes. But then between that and game one was such a step up. It such really a ramp. You're just like, okay, I feel I know how to play. <laughs> oh, boom. Here's 9,000 other missions that you've got yeah. to do. Good yeah. luck. Bye. Got fucking John <laughs> Hammond laughing at you with his cane. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Points I could feel a tantrum coming. Yeah. Yes, and there were times when you know it was clear we'd get down a turn and it was clear that we'd fucked up, we'd made a mistake, mm-hmm. and we just mm-hmm. you could see it on all our faces, just like we're so fucking annoyed at ourselves, yeah. just yeah. like we fucked this <laughs> and we missed something so obvious. On the flip side, though, there was one game that we didn't think we would win and we did, yeah, and that was amazing like that was genuine sort of like relief and amazement that we'd, we'd pulled it off yeah. again just a seemingly crazy number of missions and things to do yeah but I, there's so much random stuff like obviously you've got this completely random island where you've chosen you choose where each dinosaur's territory is you choose where the fences the roads the buildings so much of it mm-hmm. you could be screwing yourself over with by just making a bad island <laughs> you've got your choice of yeah. characters that you could pick a set of duffers like I don't know what would be the worst team Nedry Gennaro <laughs> and Kelly Malk. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, but then all the tiles on those little mini games are completely randomly. So there were a few where our starting setup, we only needed to make one or two moves and we'd done the puzzle. But you could have a completely the opposite of that where the puzzle would take you six or seven moves and when you've only got 45 actions, <laughs> you know, so much to chance. Um, power cut the power flipping as well like to to get the power back on you have to flip these tokens and one side is a, a power surge and the other side is what you want you need four good ones but if you get three bad ones uh, uh, but you can only flip three at a time so odds of getting the power back on it takes so many moves yeah and i'm very bad at flipping and <laughs> the storm the whole power so on the sector cards they either say all clear or storm warning and once you get four storm warnings then the power goes out but that could happen really early early on in the game mm. and then you could put the power on and not have to worry about it for the rest but that could happen really late in the game and you'd have no chance of getting the power back on because there just wouldn't be the time there's so much to chance and so much riding on it that again like you know our mission three we're never going to play that mission again but we could have been screwed over by fate on that nothing to do with us nothing to do with you know we're all amazing strategists and strata magicians <laughs> <laughs> but like fate could screw you over so bad couldn't it it yeah. could and it did did. Down the pages were totally random as well. We got very lucky with some. Yes. Unlucky with some others. Oh, it's worth saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So each dinosaur comes with its own special sort of action card of what it will do to fuck <laughs> your shit up. And each game you, or most games, you randomly deal out one dinosaur card or two or three or four, depending on the mission. And so one of the rounds, it won't be a bit of story. It'll be a dinosaur causing mischief. But some of them were a lot more severe than others. You know, one was just like... Oh, Brachiosaurus stands in your way. Okay, fine. But then another one is like, the Velociraptor comes and chomps you immediately. You know, again, that's randomly dealt out. So you could have a really bad one or a one that doesn't affect your mission. Or you could have killed off the dinosaur that's rampaging, so it's fine. Absolutely. But replayability. Pat, you can start us off once we've chosen our numbers. It's only a three for replayability from me. I don't know. The idea of replayability for a legacy game is always a bit bit tricky, isn't it? Difficult to, to argue one way or the other this was 12 games well more than that really because we've replayed the tutorial a few times that's true you know we have played this quite a number of times and it's been good fun every time basically but we've come to the end yes it can be replayed do i think it will be as fun in the re- sort of endless replayable mode no, i don't think so i don't yeah think i don't think it is endlessly replayable as it claims no i also went for a three i 
agree pretty much with everything you said. Like playing the campaign, obviously it had that intrinsic replayability. Oh, I want to know what happens next. We want to complete the story. We want to get to the next film, etc. Whatever, whatever. But this last, so the endlessly replayable that it claims is just replaying the finale mission as many times as you like. And that is the end. You know, Fallen Kingdom, you've got one team trying to take the dinosaurs off the island to make weapons out of them. And you've got Claire and her team trying to save the dinosaurs. It's like this race of who can capture the most dinosaurs before the end. And I just think narratively, that's kind of one of the weakest missions. Mm -hmm. Yet that's the one you're stuck with playing over and over again. And afterwards, we were discussing, you know, there's plenty of ways that you could make this replayable using some of the previous bits, you know, deal out some of the random missions from before. So it's just a completely random, doesn't match any film or whatever. Boom, you've got the five rounds, the 45 actions, and here are your four random missions from the Jurassic Park franchise to complete in that time. See if you can or not. And so, yeah, that's why I gave it a three. Campaign mode, yes, but the end point, not so much. I also went with a three. Um, We're so in sync today. I think officially, if we were to put just as officially, it would be a two because, as you said, the final mission, it's all right. But I think because we haven't destroyed anything, you could, with not too much effort, adapt it to just replay some of the other missions. Yes, you'd know what's coming, but you don't know what the random dino card is and you just don't play with the additional components. Like if you replay mission two where you've not got the shed yet, just don't put the shed on. And that I think would be more fun. Yeah, campaign mode, yeah. Itching to do the next adventure. And I think, yeah, I think they could have set it up better so it was more replayable. Yeah, and that's just got me thinking. Like we keep mentioning that you don't ever destroy anything. I wonder why they didn't tell you to destroy it. Because they, mm. the way they've set it up and the way they've worded the instructions and stuff, you're never meant to play with those bits again. No. So why do you need it? You know what they should have done? What? They should have had another envelope, blank envelope, because everything's in envelopes. And yeah. we'll talk about this next, because it is a beautiful game. <laughs> it's so brilliant. Spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> so at the beginning, in the little comic book mission manual, log books, whatever, at the beginning it tells you these are the components that are this, you know, specific to this mission, these are the ones that you'll keep. And at the end, what they could have done is said, right, now put these certain tokens back in mystery envelope Z, whatever, and then, and, and it might not be everything, it might just be a few things here and there, but then at the end, you'd be like, okay, right now, you know, get everything you've put into oh, yeah. the mystery envelope, and then it's like, these are your, these are the things that can then, you know, be used in randomly. any game. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because yeah. everything's there. Like you say, nothing gets destroyed, it's all there. Yeah, it's all kept, and yeah, you'd be cultivating like a replayable pack by the end. Because I would really like to just replay a few games of just running it when it works. Like, there's a few, like, from the start of Jurassic World, where you are doing, oh, take these to see the Mosasaurus, take these to get things yeah. fed, like, mm-hmm. random chaos, but also run a park, and that was yeah. kind of... Yeah, because part because yeah, there was that element of again. I don't want to say disappointment, but that sort of like oh, because the final mission, the park is gone to shit, and it's before the volcano erupts. So you know, the whole running a theme park element is just is not there, and you never play that bit again. Mm. <laughs> and so yeah, anyway, I think they missed a trick. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Shall we move on to aesthetic? This is my turn to start, isn't it? I went for five. It's just <laughs> gorgeous. Like all the artwork of these like painted sort of bits but it's like almost like b-movie posters isn't it you know he's done these comics each dinosaur comes with this amazing sort of artwork card all the people you know most of them look like who they're supposed to in an artsy kind of way but it's all just so so pretty yeah just love it also a five and it it just feels really premium like you've got these sort of huge chunky plastic dinosaurs that are modeled really nicely like the and the, the sound of things moving around around is really good it just looks and feels so nice yeah so five for me as well <laughs> clean sweep so far yeah i mean there's just lots of nice little touches there's a a, a plastic raptor claw that at first we were like what the hell's this <laughs> you know does this do anything and yes it does it's for for scratching off all the like silver scratchy paint stuff which is just a really nice touch yeah yeah it, it, the theming's really nice the little miniature dinosaurs are very cool i forgot to say all the stuff is in like really nice envelopes everything is yeah all the little envelopes and the boxes it's oh yeah it's neat and it came with little stickers so that you could choose so once you've opened an envelope and got the secret stuff out of it you can put like a name sticker on it and you can write what you know like character cards and that's where you keep the you know you can organize
organise it however you like, mm-hmm. which is nice. And the fact that they thought of that and given you specific stickers to let you be able to do that, that just shows, you know, just the amount of effort and thought mm-hmm. they've put into making this look amazing. It is so, like, if you're a fan of the IP, this is a treat because all the character, you know, like, it's like, oh, yeah, this character, I remember this character, and I wonder if this bit's going to be represented in the game and how it's going to be, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gameplay. It's your turn to start me. Okay. I went with four. It does have a nice mechanic. Everything is clearly explained. But as we said, there are points where there's just too much to do at once and it's not doable. Like there were some we were looking at it going, how is this possible to achieve with nine actions? Like some of the early ones that we lost were like, oh, search this many sectors and then go to the zone where this person is. You know, but how? how? Mm, yeah. And particularly the ones where you, like, not only was it... Sector six from yeah. a helipad down like five tiles away. It takes all your moves to get there. But not only have you got to get to the place or find the person, but then in later games it was like, yes, but also this place has to be connected to the mainframe in the mm. wires thing. And also, and it's like, yeah, what? <laughs> Some of it felt unachievable and just, yeah, having more actions or not having as much to do at once. Yeah, where you had to get tourists to places and discard items and have it connected to the mainframe was just not doable. Yeah, no, indeed. I also went for the core the core gameplay loop is pretty solid you've got between you fixed nine actions you've got little tokens so you can flip them over when you've used them you've not got a huge amount of things that you can do really I mean you there's various types of moving and then it's just herding and then whatever your action cards item cards can say you you know say you can do so that's that aspect sort of yeah pretty solid but and I've forgotten what my butt is I can't remember it's the bit thing at the, the top, top of your head <laughs> going to say if it comes back to you yeah just interrupt but before i talk about before i give my gameplay score one thing we didn't mention on aesthetic that i really liked the rules is a ring of cards rather than a rule book and i thought that was magic because throughout the game it was like okay take this ring this card off the ring and replace it with this one and add this one and it's more like a looking up resource rather than a read the rules pat shaking his head that's true is there an alphabetical order yes so you can look it up kind of like an index Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, inevitably, I think the biggest one I always forgot was how the herding works. So you just look up H for herding. There's the rule card. Remind yourself. Yeah. It was very kind of big and bulky and a bit awkward, but... (laughs) (laughs) Is that your butt? It was really like your butt now. Big and bulky, kind of awkward. (laughs) (laughs) But... Rule books can be so bad yeah. that I, th- I mean, yeah, it's much better than a terrible rule book. Yes. I thought of what. So, yeah, go gameplay, ahead. right? Okay. Yep. So, yeah, core gameplay loop is great, but it falls down a little bit. Things that are just a bit hard to remember, like the dinosaurs, exactly what the dinosaurs did when it was their go to activate, or the carnivores and they're hunting. Yeah. Like, it was the useful little. You had uh, a reminder card. Chart kind of thing, but I don't know. That kind of aspect was maybe a bit clunky. Yeah, I agree. Like, obviously, if there's something in its space it's obvious okay it's mm. going to eat that but then it became a bit and it's particularly when it was like who's closest that's next door but it's through a fence but also there's no fence but you're in a building so does it go for you in the building because there was one didn't we have we got some people it in was them. some dude in a building with like the raptors the and the t-rex, the t-rex, the t-rex <laughs> so in, just the in the building yeah. <laughs> we're like, like oh it's fine because there's a th- it'll just teleport we're like oh no wait yeah, it no, somehow knows you're like the five building. rooms into the genetics <laughs> yeah. but yes anyway so my gameplay would you believe I also went for four. We have just given the exact same, we're the exact same person today. It's like we've been genetically cloned from DNA found in a mosquito. Yeah, like the mechanic of how the game worked, like the turn order and what you do, really simple. What you have to do with that, really hard. (laughs) And yeah, I think, well, it's like they say, it's that wanky phrase, isn't it? You know, easy to learn, difficult to master. Mm. But because this is a campaign game, you don't get that chance to master it because you only get one shot at each one. You know, we can all look back hindsight and be like, yeah, that's how we should have done that mission. That's how we could have got it all Mm. done. That's how we could have rescued the Kelly Malcolm. But you you don't ever get a second go at it. So yeah, actual how it works, very easy, very simple, very self-explanatory. Like I love how the board has the turn 
learn steps you know mm. step one do this step two so if any doubt you just look at the board and it tells you but still almost to the point of it being unbalanced in whether that's mm. winnable but then do you think they made it like that on purpose to so you couldn't win each one but then that would be kind of shitty yeah. I think they made it hard but the the difficulty seemed very variable like the last mission sounded hard but somehow it's actually really up. easy <laughs> I'm going to quote that up I was going to say it's quite it was very doable it was very like, we only just won but like second or third game there was so much to do in so little time because we were so worried about the consequences and we racked them up anyway because it was just nearly impossible for one character to do the round card and the others to crack on with the 50 other things we had to do yeah and I wonder if how much the loyalty to the plots of the films might have been a hindrance then because I think right okay we are in this movie we know that this and this and this happen in the plot so how can we cram all of that into one round of the game and maybe that's why you ended up with certain rounds where lots was happening but they didn't need to write because there were a couple like the first couple of games were before jurassic park there were a couple yeah we were somehow building the park while also having dinosaurs around (laughs) yeah we got the dinosaurs before we built any of the vents (laughs) (laughs) but the could have been spread out a bit more if that were the case yeah that's true i don't know Mm. but then yeah if it's too easy there's no satisfaction but yeah and there's again so much randomness that it's like how could you plan for this to be a difficult or an easy game yeah when so much of it is variable like whether you you know if you if you manage to win some of the earlier missions and you get extra carnivores you're stuck with extra carnivores for the rest of the game Mm. and then you might accidentally put wolverine dna in your spinosaurus (laughs) and then you're gonna have problems then you've made a right shit of a dinosaur Randomly um, make your triceratops a carnival because that was a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whoopsie <laughs> do. <laughs> oh god, those upgrades! It got to the point where we we're like, okay, which is just going to be which sounds the least offensive? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which one should we upgrade? Like we'd packed the Carnotaurus away where it couldn't get to anything for a while. Like we could upgrade this, but it's a bit of a it's a bit of a tow rag already. Yeah. Do we upgrade it? But it is really far away. And there were some things, weren't there? Narratively, you know, there was a lot up to our choice you know we could choose to spend our budget on extra fences or roads or not there might be some people that never did that you know they might have only very very limited amount of fences and roads and stuff but then there were sometimes where it was like you must choose two genetic mutations to give to your dinosaurs yeah. you must unlock this you mu- you know so there was a good mix of those i thought yeah yeah there was an amount of just looking at those going oh i don't want to yeah. especially mm. after the first i think it was like the first thing we did was we accidentally made our stegosaurus a no triceratops a kind of where I went, oh, I don't want any more. These are all that? bad. You thought, you know, Komodo dragon, that sounds nice and sensible. <laughs> that will be just... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, something like that. It was something that sounded fairly innocuous, and then we went, oh dear. Yeah, but yeah, okay, well, that gives it a frag of 16, which is perfectly acceptable. It's yeah. in the top water. Uh, was it a win or not, Moo? Yes. Ah. Yes. Phil, yes. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it. I'll check my scores. Oh, 9938. Oh, better get some party poppers for number 100. Yeah, I know. 9938 to the gamers. So there you go. Right, well, I've been Phil. I've been Mariel. I've been Patrick. And remember, non relinquum in Arca Aperculo. You can find us on Facebook at Organised Fun Pod. You can find us on Twitter at Fun Organised. Thanks for listening. Bye, Ludophiles. Bye. Bye. Clever girl. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time when we stop. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>